Now, today we're going to resume part two of our series, Traveling Light. If, by the way, you missed last week, you don't have to watch it before you watch this one. This one will stand on its own, this talk, this message. But you can go back and watch it on demand. I hope you'll do that later on today or maybe this week sometime. But we're talking about the baggage that we're carrying around. And, and really, uh, pragmatically, all of us are carrying around some kind of baggage. Probably you are. I know for Uh, In my case, I am. We all carry baggage in some form. And today we're going to talk about the baggage of addiction. And this is real. This is real and it's prevailing in so many of our lives. I want you to think about this for just a moment. No one just simply decides one day that they want to become addicted to something. That just simply doesn't happen. People don't say, well, I'm not really addicted to anything in my life. Why not choose today? I'm going to become addicted to this, whatever this may be. Hey, I want to become, nobody just says this. Nobody says, well, I think I want to become addicted to cigarettes. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, Vogue, it's hip, and I think I'm going to, nope, that doesn't happen uh, that way. I know that for my dear mom, uh, she struggled with smoking for many, many years, and she didn't decide. She actually, uh, when she was just very, very young, it was sort of the thing to do in her generation, and so uh, she never decided that she was going to get addicted to it, but for many, many years, she was. She just wanted to, you know, uh, be at a place where she didn't have that addiction anymore. Well, maybe for you, it's not cigarettes. Maybe for you, it's, it's food. Or it could be alcohol. Or it could be that you're addicted to pornography. It could be that you're addicted to gambling or to work. See, millions of millions of people have opened the door to what can become, actually can become destructive and addictive behaviors. And the cost has actually been massive, incalculable, really. The loss of, for some people, it's meant their addiction has led them to a loss of health, a loss of health. You know, I mentioned cigarettes a few moments ago. There's nobody that you can find anywhere, anytime that would say, hey, you want to pick up a healthy habit? Why don't you start smoking? Well, you know, some people have lost their health as a result of their addiction. Some people have actually lost their jobs. Some people have lost their dignity. Others have lost intimacy in their relationship with their spouse. Some have lost money because of their addiction. A lot of people actually have lost money, or they've just lost relationships. Name the addiction, and generally speaking, there is always a heavy price tag that, it, that is connected to it. Uh, to it. Now, I, I want to just say this. Admittedly, it is always easier to talk about addiction or addictions out there somewhere. Isn't it easier when we're talking about somebody else's struggle, somebody else's baggage, somebody else's addiction? As long as it's out there somewhere, it's easy to deal with or to talk about. But you know, and I know, that it's actually much more personal than this. So can we talk about you? Can we talk about me? Can we talk about us and our struggle, our baggage, our addiction? We're going to do that today. And I want to start with a verse of Scripture. This is uh, 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 19. And I want you to look at it. Be sure you get this down somewhere and go back and look at it later. Look at this verse. For you are a slave. You are a slave to what? To whatever controls you. Maybe you're at a place where you can read that out loud. For you are a slave 
to whatever controls you. If something is controlling you or controlling me, if, if we're addicted to something, then what happens? By nature, we become a slave to that. Now, I'm sure that the verse that we just looked at is not like your life verse of encouragement. But nevertheless, it is a very, very important verse, and the verse actually begs for a response. So I want to just ask you, I want to ask you right here, right now, you're watching me, I'm talking to you, and I want to just ask you, what is it in your life that is controlling you? What are you faced with right now that you're just like, Jeff, this feels so much bigger than me. I, I, I feel like I'm a slave. I feel like I'm a captive. I feel like I'm addicted to this. What is treating you as its slave? And, and it would be a powerful reality for you to be honest with yourself about this, uh, to just say, hey, I am not going to camp in the land of denial. I'm going to be real with myself. I'm going to be honest with myself. And here's what I'm struggling with. Here's where my baggage, here's where my addiction is. This particular thing in my life is making me its slave. And be real about that. But here's another reality. And the reality is actually this. I want you to reach out and grab this truth right now. And that is that there is an amazingly powerful God in heaven that cares about you and loves you and knows what your struggle is and knows what your battle is and knows what your addiction is. And he possesses the power to do something about it because your baggage or your addiction may be bigger than you, but I can promise you that it is not bigger than God. And I'm telling you, friends, and you need to hold on to this first. It is for you. It is for you to claim and to live by. If Jesus sets you free, you are going to be free indeed. And I'm praying and believing even today that God is going to set you free, that Jesus is going to set you free, and that you're going to be free once and for all. That's my prayer. That's what I'm believing for you today, that whatever your struggle is, your baggage, your addiction, that today is going to be the day that you can point back and say, that is the day that Jesus set me free from that which had been so controlling in my life. I want you to take a look at this very next verse. Look at this verse. This is Paul now, and it's something that you and I ought to be able to say as well when we can. So I refuse to let anything have power over me. And I just want to encourage you to just say that in your own heart, your own mind. Claim this verse. This is a life verse you can claim. So I refuse to let anything have power over me. Decide that right now. I'm not going to let this have power over me anymore. I refuse. And if you say, well, Jeff, that's not where I'm at right now, then I encourage you to move to that place. Move to that place in your life where just like Paul, you say, I refuse. I refuse. I've got my mind made up. I am determined. I am resolute. I refuse. I refuse what? To let anything have power over me. I'm, I'm not going to let this struggle, I'm not going to let this addiction to continue to have power over my life. It's had power over my life for way too long already. I refuse to allow it to continue to have power over my life. And here's the good thing about that. We get to choose. See, either God or our addiction will possess power over us. Let me say that again. It's either going to be God or it's going to be our addiction that exercises power over us. 
Jesus is able to set us free. Jesus is able to set us free today. And yet, for that to happen, I want to be clear about this, you have to decide who or what is going to sit on the throne of your life. Who or what is going to sit on the throne of your life? Is Jesus able to set you free? You better believe it. I say it because I believe it to the core of who I am. I believe it to be true for you. I pray it. I agree with you that today is going to be the day that Jesus is going to set you free. But here's the part you've got to do. You've got to make a choice. You've got to determine who's going to sit on the throne of your life. Well, in actuality, if you so choose... You can sit on the throne of your own life. I hope you won't because it's a huge mistake, but you could do that if you chose. You could say, well, I'm going to be on the throne of my own life because you know what? I can handle this. Hey, and by the way, I can quit anytime. I'm in charge here. I'm in charge of my life. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do my thing and I'll start when I want, stop when I want. I'm on the throne of my life and I'm in charge here. Well, you could do that. I don't recommend it, but if you choose that can be your reality. Well, your addiction can actually sit on the throne of your life. You can say, well, you know what? It's not that bad. You know, my addiction is not that bad. It's not that big. You know, it's just a small thing. You know what I've actually seen people do? I've actually seen people work really, really, really hard to defend their addiction, to defend it. To just say, well, you know, I'm, I'm entitled to this. I have a right to this. And list maybe a litany of reasons of why they feel entitled to it. Well, you can sit on the throne of your life. Your addiction can sit on the throne of your life. Or you can say, this is what I want to happen. I want Jesus to sit on the throne of my life. If Jesus is going to set me free, then I need to be certain that Jesus is on the throne of my life. Because this thing that is controlling me and making me its slave, I'm tired of it. I'm done with it. I'm frustrated with it. I wanted to be done with it by now, but God is arranging this moment in my life for me to be free from this bondage, for me to be free of this baggage, for me to be free from this struggle and this addiction. I'm believing that Jesus is going to set me free. I believe it too, but you've got to make certain that Jesus, not you, not your addiction, but Jesus is on the throne of your life. And that'll happen when you just say, you know what? I'm tired of this baggage. I want to travel light. I am so tired of this. So real practically, what I want to do in the next few moments, and it won't take me very long, I want you to have your pen handy or your tablet or your phone handy. I want you to be able to get down these three steps I'm about to give you, and there's some corresponding scriptures that I want you to write down, get down, type down, so you can go back and look at them a little more thoroughly later. But I want to give you three steps to becoming free, all right? It, it's not, it's not mind-blowing in terms. It's not like you've never thought of this or heard of this before, but it's just making a determination. All right, three steps to becoming free. Number one, here it is. Take your addiction, take your baggage to Jesus. Take it to Jesus. Look at this verse right here on the screen. This is, this is Romans. Again, we're back to Paul. He said, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness. Look at this now. But rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Look at the next portion right here. And offer every part, how much? Every part of yourself to God, to Him, as an instrument of righteousness 
for sin shall no longer be your master. That's what I'm praying for you, that sin shall no longer be your master, that an addiction will no longer be your master, that baggage will no longer have control over your life. Now, last week, I mentioned to you, if you were with us, that you and I need to name our baggage. And this week, I want to go ahead and take that a step further And I want us to name our addiction. And again, it it would be so helpful for you to just be real with yourself. To just say, you know what? Here's my bag. Here's my struggle. My greatest struggle right now. The thing that I seem most addicted to. The thing that seems to be controlling my life. The thing that I want to be done with. Maybe for you, it's alcohol. Maybe you're just saying, I drink too much. And maybe you've had more than just one or two people tell you that people that have expressed concern about that, people that are worried about it because you drink too much. I feel this deeply, deeply personal in my own life because I've got people in my own life that I love a whole lot and I'm really close to and they're struggling with this very addiction. So this one, maybe more so than all, I feel it deeply and personally. Well, be real with yourself if that's your addiction. Jeff, I'm addicted to alcohol. I drink. I drink too much. Or maybe for you, it's not alcohol at all. Maybe you said, I've not touched, uh, you know, alcohol in years and years. But you know what? I'm struggling with gambling. And I've made a little money along the way, and I've lost some money along the way, and I've really taken some money I never should have used. And I've made some people really frustrated in my life. And I've had people tell me that they're concerned about it. Be real with yourself about that. Maybe it's food. Maybe you're addicted to food. Maybe it just makes you feel better. Maybe it's just something you've struggled with for a long, long time. Maybe you even feel like, I've struggled with this so long. Jeff, I just don't see any reason, any way how that Jesus can set me free. But I promise you, it may be bigger than you, but it's not bigger than your God. Maybe you're addicted to spending. And again, it's just too easy to go out and spend. And again, that may be something that makes you feel better when you go out and spend money. But I think most of us always already have recognized that a lot of times we've bought something that we thought was going to make us really, really happy. And then the next day we discovered that it did not. Maybe you're addicted to prescription drugs. Maybe, as I mentioned earlier, it's cigarettes. Maybe for some of you guys, it's dipping. And I'm not talking about dipping strawberries into chocolate. I'm talking about dipping. For some of you, it's pornography. And maybe you've struggled with it for a long time. Maybe since you were a teenager and was initially exposed to it. For some of you, you may be addicted to social media. It seems like you are always chained to social media. Maybe for a lot of you, your addiction is actually busyness. According to Paul, the antidote to being mastered by something is to submit yourselves or to offer yourself to God. That's what Paul's saying. The antidote to being mastered by something is to just say, here's what I'm going to do to counteract that. I'm going to devote myself. I'm going to offer myself completely to God. I want you to track with me on this for just a moment. See, before you and I ever give our baggage Before you and I ever give our addiction over to God, we need to be certain that we have given ourselves to God. 
Let me say that again. Before we ever give our baggage or before we ever give our addiction over to God, we need to be certain that we have given ourselves to to God. Who is it that sets us free? We already mentioned it. Jesus sets us free. We don't set ourselves free. If we did, we would have done so by now. It is not us. It is Jesus. Now, this addiction, whatever it may be that you're struggling with, truth be told, it may be that you've never really, really given it to Jesus. Well, you may have prayed some prayers about it, maybe in a moment of, a moment of almost like sheer panic, maybe out of a situation of feeling some great desperation, you maybe whispered up a prayer or two, but you've never in reality handed it off to Jesus completely. And maybe there's been various reasons why. Maybe for you, you've said, well, you know, I'm just going to allow myself to hang on to this because it's not hurting anybody. Have you said that? Well, it's not hurting anybody. And if it's going to hurt anybody, it's not going to hurt anybody outside of me. The only person it could actually hurt is me. And maybe that kind of thinking has caused you to hold back from really giving that over to Jesus. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's this idea that you have convinced yourself of. And I've talked to so many people who have struggled with addiction, and this is what I've heard so many times. I can repeat it in my sleep. Well, Jeff, I can stop this anytime I want. Well, let me ask you, how's that working out for you? If you could, and you know that what you're doing is not productive in your life, why haven't you stopped by now? You may think that you can stop anytime you want, doing it all your way by yourself, but oftentimes, That's not true. And maybe because of that, you've never given it completely to God. Maybe you've never given it completely to God because you've said, well, you know what? Compared to most, my addiction is not that bad. I know people that are addicted to a lot worse things than what I'm addicted to. So you know what? I'm just going to hang on to it a little while longer. It's not that bad. It's not that big. It's not a big deal. It's minor compared to most people and the struggles that they have. And as a result of that, you've never given that over to Jesus. Or maybe you've said something like this, I'm entitled to this baggage. Well, just look at my life. Look at the way I was raised. Look at what happened to me when I was a kid. Look at the way that my life, look at the way my relationships have been. Look at what's gone wrong in my life. I deserve this. I'm entitled to this. And maybe because your thinking has been bent in that direction, you've never given it to Jesus. Well, you know what, friends? I want to encourage you to give it to Jesus today. The reality is most of us want to be free from our addiction, but we don't know how. Or we've tried before and it didn't work. And maybe it worked for a little while and then we fell back down into that trap again. Or it's simply too big. It's like, you know what, Jeff, why would I even want to tackle this? It's just too big for me to be able to handle. The answer to being free, I want you to catch this. The answer to being free is not your willpower or it's not my willpower. It's actually God's power. Let me say that again. For you to be free of your addiction, for me to be free of any baggage or addiction in my life, it's not going to come down to my own personal willpower. It's not going to come down to your personal willpower. It's all going to be wrapped into God's power. We take our addiction, we take our baggage, and we give it to Jesus. Look at this verse. This is out of 2 Corinthians. Look at what it says. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. It's not what other people would conventionally use. It's not us. On the contrary, they have divine power. Divine power is connected to God. They have divine power to do what? To demolish strongholds. 
to demolish strongholds. So firstly, first step to being free is take your addiction to Jesus. Secondly, be sure you write this down. Secondly, take your addiction to a friend. Take it to a friend. Now, we're not doing this. I want to be clear on this. We're not doing that in place of God. We're not like saying, hey, it's either A or B. We either take it to God or we take it to a friend. No, we take it to God. We take it to God. But there is value. There's real help. And when we're trying to be a a struggle or an addiction, and there's real help in having a confidant, confidant or a counselor. So I want to just ask you another question. Is there anyone in your life that you have that is like that? Is there anybody in your life that you can be open with? Is there anybody in your life that you can confide in about your struggle? Now, that's a really important person. Now, you need to make certain, and please hear me when I say this, you need to make certain if you're going to be open, if you're going to be transparent, if you're going to make yourself vulnerable with somebody, if you're going to have a confidant, you need to make sure that that person is a confidential person. I've always encouraged people to find somebody. If you, if you don't know if you can trust them yet, test them with the little things. Test them with the little things before you confide big things. Are they confidential? That's really important. If you're going to take your addiction, if you're going to take your struggle to a friend, to an accountability partner, make sure, make sure that that person is confidential. Secondly, make sure that that person is empathetic. You want somebody that's going to be able to empathize with you, somebody that's going to rejoice with you when you're doing well, somebody that's going to cry with you when you're struggling. Are they empathetic? Here's another thing. Are they transparent? You know what? It would concern me if all they wanted to do is hear my stuff. Yeah, tell me about your struggle. Tell me about your baggage. Tell me about your addiction. And they were never willing to confide. They were never transparent. They never had skin in the game. You know, so if they're reluctant to just share with you their own struggles and all they want to do is hear your struggles, I'd probably keep on looking. Uh, What about this one? Have they been tested? Have they been tested? And it goes back to what I said a moment ago. Maybe you've tested. Maybe you're not sure you can trust them yet. Have you tested them in the little things? You don't want to just take somebody that you don't know yet whether they can be confidential or you don't know yet whether they're empathetic or if they're transparent. They've not been tested yet. And just tell them everything about your struggle, about your personal life. Are they trustworthy? James 5.16 says this, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that God can heal you. And that's really important. Why would you even bother with doing this? Why would you even bother with taking your baggage or your addiction to a friend? And we find out from James right here in 5.16, it gives us an opportunity for us to pray for each other and to allow God to step in and bring the healing that God wants to bring into our life. You know what? I'm really, I consider myself blessed and fortunate to have somebody like that in my life. And I have for a long while. It's actually a pastor in another city. And we are so real and we are so transparent, so vulnerable with one another about when we're doing really, really well in so many spectrums of our life. And we're honest with each other about our struggles. And we pray for each other and we encourage each other. And I know that I can trust him and he knows that he can trust me. 
And, um, you know, that's really important. But you may be thinking, hey, I'd love to have somebody like that in my own life, but I don't have anybody close to that. I don't have anybody even remotely close to that. You might would even take it a step further and say, you know what? If my struggle is whatever your struggle is, then most of the people in my life, their struggle is with gossip. Then you keep looking. You keep looking. You don't want to share your struggle with somebody whose struggle is in gossip. So you just keep looking. You look for that friend, that person that is confidential, empathetic, transparent, that person that is tested. Look for that friend. Look for that accountability partner. Look for that confidant that is totally uh, reliable. You may even consider if you need to like, you know, you're needing some help and you're needing somebody to help hold you accountable to the things that you want to do. And you're like, you know, I need that help right away. And I don't have a friend like that. Then you may want to consider a a good Christian counselor, somebody that you can talk to and be real with. And again, somebody that's confidential and empathetic and transparent and somebody that's tested. I want you to check out this next verse. This is uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he, God said to me, and again, this is Paul, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. That ought to encourage you right now that God's power is perfected in our weakness. Therefore, I will boast, this is Paul, all the more gladly about my weaknesses, my struggles, my baggage, my addiction. Why? So that Christ's power may rest on me. And that is extraordinarily good news for you and for me. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying this, and I want you to catch it, and then we're going to move on to the third and final step. But before we do, I want you to catch what Paul is saying here in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He is saying that God's grace is more than enough. God's grace is more than enough. Aren't you glad? He didn't say God's condemnation is more than enough. Listen, if you feel condemned because of your baggage, if you feel condemned because of your addiction, that is not from God. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It is not God's condemnation that's going to be more than enough. It's God's grace that is going to be real in your life and God's grace that's going to be more than enough. Here's something else that flows out of this verse. Our weakness becomes God's opportunity to manifest his power. Let me say that again. Be sure you get that as well. Our weakness becomes God's opportunity for him to manifest his power. Jeff, I am so weak. I'm struggling. This addiction in my life is so real. It's been so long. I'm weak. I'll be strong for a while, then I feel weak. And I feel so, so weak in my life. You know what, friends? Your weakness actually becomes an opportunity for God to display his power. Where we're weak, God is able to make us strong. Here's another thing that comes out of it. We will experience joy and gladness when his power rests on us. You know what? The thought of you being able to be free, to say, you know what? I've struggled with this, and yet Jesus has set me free. To just know the joy and the gladness that can be prevailing in your life. Well, Time is passing quickly. Thirdly and finally, the third and final step. First of all, we take our addiction to Jesus, our baggage to Jesus. Secondly, we take our baggage to a friend. And then thirdly and finally, we take our baggage, our our addiction. We take it out. We take it out and we leave it there. Let me just take a moment to talk to you about that before we're done and before I pray. When I say that we take it out and we leave it there, Think of it this way. Think of it in these terms. 
Do with your baggage, do with your struggle, do with your addiction like you would with the trash. You know, on Thursday night, it's just what happens. I take that big cart and I roll it down to the road and it's time for the trash to be taken off. Do that with your struggle. Do it with your baggage. Allow Jesus and his grace to be more than enough in your life. Allow Jesus to manifest his power where you're weak. Allow Jesus to take it from you. You know, I never take that big trash bin down to the road and say, okay, here on second thought, you know, I get back in the house and I'm like, on second thought, I think I'm going to just bring it back into the garage because maybe I need to look at it a little longer. Maybe I need to see it a little closer before I like fully release it, before I take it down to the road to be carted off. Maybe I need to think about it a little bit more. Do I really want to part with this? Maybe we would say, you know, uh, well, maybe I just need to contemplate keeping it close by just in case I ever need it. No, absolutely not. That's ludicrous. None of us ever think that way. That is silly to even imagine. Hey, I want to just keep this garbage to just look at it a little bit longer. Think about it a little bit more. Consider hanging on to it just in case I need it down the road. No, 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 no. As it relates to Thursday night, what do I do with that trash bin? I'll tell you what I do. I take it down to the road. That is my job, but their job is to take it on to the landfill be sure you catch this. The reason I mention this is because I wanted to come to this point right here. See, your addiction and baggage, here's what you're going to do with it. You're going to do what you can do, and then you're going to trust God to do what you cannot do. Let me say that again. You're going to do what you can do, and then you're going to trust God to do the rest, to do what you cannot do, to do what only God can do. You say, well, what can I do? What can I do? Well, you know, if you're struggling, and again, this is one I mentioned to you up front because so many people in my life that I love and care about that I'm close to, if for you it's alcohol, what can you do? I'll tell you what you can do. As soon as I pray, you can pour it out. Well, what if it's, uh, what if it's spending? You know, Jeff, I'm just addicted to spending. I have a budget, and I blow that budget every month. I say I'm not going to charge anything. I'm not going into any more debt. I'm not going to spend outside of the realm of my budget. What can I do about it? I'll tell you. You can cut up that credit card. Go find you a pair of scissors as soon as I pray and cut it off. What if it's junk food? You know, Jeff, I know I need to eat healthy. I want to take better care of myself. Uh, my life, I want to see it not as a sprint, but a marathon. I want to live a long, healthy, good, and productive life. I've got all this junk food I've been addicted to, and it's around right now. What can I do about it? I'll tell you what you can do about it. You can put it in the trash can. Soon as I pray this prayer, unless it's bluebell ice cream, because tonight is my splurge night, Sunday night. You can call me up. I'll even come by and pick it up. But you get rid of it. You say, my struggle is in pornography. What can I do? Well, you can put some filters on your computer or some alerts or notifications that go uh, out to somebody else if you look at a website that you shouldn't. What if it's cigarettes? You can do like my mom did and got freedom from cigarettes that have been, you know, her addiction for so long. She flushed them down to the toilet. What if it's social media? You can just unplug for a while and just say, you know what? I, I don't need to just spend so much time on social media hour after hour hour after hour. You can just set it aside. Will it be easy? 
Absolutely not. What if your addiction is business? You always have to be doing something. That's how I'm wired up. It's hard for me to just sit and do nothing. For those of us that we struggle with busyness, maybe the thing that we can do, maybe right after this service, you could just go and take you a good nap. That's what you can do. We do what we can do, but then we trust Jesus to do what we cannot do. I'll leave you with this. Jesus is bigger than your addiction. Jesus is bigger than your addiction, and this is what Jesus is going to do. Jesus is going to set you free. Jesus is going to set you free. I'm going to pray that prayer for you in just a moment, but I want you to look at one last verse. Here it is, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ because he gives me strength. You say, well, I can't do this. Yes, you can. You can do what you can do. See, you don't need to ask God to do what you need to do. You know what you need to do. Just maybe you've never brought yourself to the point where you say, all right, this is it. Line in the sand. I'm drawing a line in the sand. No more. I can't keep carrying this baggage. I want to travel light. No more. You do what you can do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then you trust Jesus to do what you cannot do. Your weakness, your struggle, your challenge, your baggage becomes an opportunity for God to manifest his power in your life. I want you to be free. You want to be free. Jesus wants you to be free. And if Jesus sets you free, you're going to be free indeed. So I'm praying that from this moment forward, that God is going to help you. You do what you're supposed to do, what you need to do, and trust Jesus to do what only Jesus can do. Father, I just pray right now for people that are struggling. I've got people in and around my life right now that I love so much that I see their struggle. And I see all the damage that it's doing to their lives and to their own families. And I just pray for them. I pray for people today that are struggling with addictions and hangups and habits. And I just pray that you would set them free. I pray that they would not feel that they are the exception to the rule. That this works for so many other people, but it will never work for them. God, help them to change their mindset. Help them to change their thinking in that regard. And to know that you're going to give them the power to do what they can do. And what they lack the power to do, you're going to make up the rest. So set them free. Lord, I pray that they will travel light. Help them to lay that baggage, to lay that addiction upon you and to trust you to set them free once and for all. We ask you for it. We believe you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Love you. Look forward to seeing you in person next week. We'll continue this series, part three, live at the South Campus. If you can't be there, we'll bring it to you online. God bless you. We love you. See you next week.